We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. Clark Ford studio here this morning. Jeffrey Wright will join us in a few minutes, as he does every single Thursday. Ole Miss baseball tonight. The Arkansas Razorbacks in town. I think it's probably the number one rivalry in the SEC at this point. Rebels and Razorbacks getting started at 6.30, weather permitting. A lot of rain, a lot of thunderstorms going on in the Oxford area this morning and really throughout the weekend. So uh, whether you were uh, watching golf with the Masters kicking off or baseball in Oxford, Weather's probably going to impact your weekend in some way or another here as uh, as rain showers have settled in and are not going away. But nonetheless, we uh, we carry on. We bring you the content here this morning on the show. Show brought to you every day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Hopefully you took part in the Rebel Ready hashtag, adding the Oxford Exxon, having a chance to win those box tickets to Ole Miss and Arkansas on Saturday. I saw Ben and the guys at Blue Sky retweeting some of those going through the uh the participants last night on the internet on the twitter machine so again rebel ready every single home weekend you have get a chance to win box tickets to the series finale every single week for that you know about lunch specials ribs let them take care of dinner tonight might be a great night for it because the weather and everything else call ahead they'll wrap them up have them ready to go and if you're in the clinton area this morning any morning fresh donuts a lot of flavors a lot of options for you it's going to get expanded to all Blue Sky locations. But right now, if you're in Clinton, you're the lucky ones. Donuts available with Blue Sky. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for our buddy, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It is indeed that simple. But the part that uh, we don't talk about enough is the uh, customer service that you get from Clark Ford. They go above and beyond whether you're purchasing a new vehicle, whether you're getting a vehicle serviced, whether you're doing a trade, whatever the case may be, Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove it to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Jeffrey Wright, all other guests join on the myperfectfranchise.net hotline. 
If you're a displaced corporate executive or you're wanting to put your career in your own hands, if you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify, Andy Ludeke can help. He's a longtime Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, and a franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Or contact Andy at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or call 404-973-9901. Jeffrey Wright now on the uh, the phone. Jeffrey, I'm going to get off this quickly and we'll move on to some some major sports, but I've got the Masters on behind me. You're busy. You're at that life stage too. Is this still a big deal to you this morning? I mean, because you're, you're not, you're probably not playing much golf the way I'm not playing much golf. Is this still the thing that it was when we were in our twenties? Um. So, quick story on not playing much golf. I don't oh, think. Sorry. I, Never mind. I don't, oh no. Okay. I don't think I told you this. I got dumped. I literally really? got dumped. I got dumped by my member member partner. Oh. Yeah, and it, for the record, I understood it. Like my first, our course is undergoing renovations. So, uh, our member member was moved up into March. And you know, my rule like, if it's, if it says anything below 70, I'm not teeing off because I'm just that big of a weather sissy. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely not playing a lot of golf. I actually have had kind of a different reaction. I think since live, I now only ride for the majors. I was thinking about this the other day because I was walking my dog. I couldn't remember who won the players. It was Scheffler. Like, yeah. the number one player in the world winning. And I was like, I, I, and then like when I started thinking, I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of remember that. I remember it being boring. I remember Kim or not, uh, Min, uh, Minwoo Lee, like screwing up on that one hole. But it's like, yeah, I, I will say my interest in professional golf is at an all time low. And, but I have also found myself that weirdly, like I'm pretty jacked up for the majors because that's when everybody shows up. Like that's my whole deal with the whole Saudi live thing was never some type of moral stance. My thing was, I thought it was going to make golf, like professional golf more boring to watch. And so far that has been the case. Yeah. I don't know if there's any, again, I'm getting off this, but I, I don't know if there's anybody I miss is my thing with live. Like I'm, I'm pretty excited about some of the young PGA tour players. I don't know if anybody from the live, I'm going, Hey God, I really Do wish, really they not- were in, I really wish they were in the travelers this week. Eh. Oh, well, I mean, that's, that's somewhat fine, but I don't know. I miss, I miss openly rooting against Bryson. Well, like, okay. I, I miss that. I miss rooting against Patrick Reed. Like I miss. We did lose our villains. I mean, who's yeah. your villain now? Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. No, and it's now it's like every every guy's the same. Every guy's some class act, some you know amazing model of integrity and whatnot. It's like no, they're not. Um, but like I miss Patrick Reed hitting it into the woods, and let's get a camera on him. Like let's yeah. see. You know, I miss the- Bryson. I miss Bryson. Like. The, my, my favorite part about Bryson was Bryson was a lot like Ed Hardy t-shirts for me. It helped me identify douchebags. If you rode hard for Bryson, I was like, I don't want to be friends with you. So like I, it, it was, it was the perfect, like people that rooted and like, like aggressively defended Bryson are like just people I don't want to be around. And so I miss that. 
That's a good point. The average PGA Tour player now is is, is so PR conscious that they're all just this news fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's fair. Yeah, but no, I I will agree. My interest in golf is is at an all time low, but I am riding hard for the majors. And if your boy's in contention on Sunday, you'll be locked in. Well, have you seen the forecast? I have. Yes. Yeah. Just remember. So for uh, people like me, for people like me who don't have any mm-hmm. idea how the forecast might correlate to somebody having a better or worse chance, walk me through what that means. Because I, I guarantee you, I'm not the only person listening right now. Correct. Who's like, what does it mean? So my boy, Roy McIlroy, has four major championships, all of which have come at rain-soaked venues. 2011 Congressional, it was like literally flooded. Like it, it was a DC summer monsoon. 2012 Kiowa, they had a hurricane. Uh, 2014, uh, the British Open in Liverpool, it was so wet that it was green in, in Liverpool. And then the 2014 PGA Championship was Valhalla, which also was flooded. So when it's super wet, Rory's Has he not go- won a major in nine years. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. I hadn't heard. Yeah, that, that is correct. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's won he three is- FedEx Cups. He's won three FedEx Cups, which we learned in full swing. They're just like majors. That's the story. He, he has had three $10 million paydays since then, though, Neil. So, I mean, oh, he's probably doing million. okay. Yeah, that's true. 15 now. I think, and I think last year was like a $20 million pay. Okay. He's won Fair enough. Players. He has won every big tournament there is to win, except for this one. Every major event you could win, whether it be match play, like every, he's literally won everything except the Masters. And he's so a mental head the, case in Augusta. All right. the rain that came, came through here, a lot of it's going to go through there. I mean, that's just kind of the way the country They have is. a great day today, and every other day is potentially rain-soaked all the way into what even could be a Monday finish. And he plays late today, and my understanding is, don't they have the possibility of getting rain late tonight? 30% starting at 4 o'clock today. Yeah, so I'm fired up. My boy, my boy needs it soft. Uh, Neil said you're not. You, it's going to take like two names on Sunday to get you to turn it on. Me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I would be interested if Rory's in it, if Tiger's in it, if like Mickelson or somebody's in it. But like all these new young guys, I know they can. It's sort of like Major League Baseball relievers to me. Like they're all the same. They all throw a hundred miles an hour or whatever. They, they're all the same. Perfect dude. analogy. That's so, literally what it is. It's like it has now become, and that's kind of we discussed this. That's one of my big problems with baseball right now. There's no variety, like, and that's kind of the problem with professional golf. It's like, do I think these guys are not good? Well, no, I know they're all good. I just think it's really boring to watch everybody hit the same shot, play the same way, do everything. It's no different than baseball. Like when every guy comes out of the pin throwing as hard as he can with a slider, and every single guy's dropping his back shoulder trying to lift and separate, like. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't find that all that interesting. Look, you know look, what? It, it, it's such a... Go ahead, Neil. Go ahead. He, he's right. Jeffrey's right here. I've watched a lot of Major League Baseball this first week because I'm trying to make myself kind of... My team's going to be a 500-ish team. I'm trying to find a couple of teams that maybe will captivate my interest for August and September. I miss, like, Dan Quisenberry, Al Raboski. I, I miss the left... Paul Ossimacher, the left-hander who throws, like, loopy... There's just that doesn't exist anymore. It's just 98 
fastball, 91 slider, two pitches, going to get three outs, going to go to the next dude who's going to do the same thing. It, it, it's The games are going faster. I'll give them that. But they're kind of boring. Is Jamie Moyer the most underappreciated baseball pitcher of all time? I was he thinking and, he that. and Greg Maddox. But at least with Maddox, like there's a difference between throwing 88 to 90 and throwing 83. Sure. Like, I mean, like when Kyle Hendricks was on. Yeah. No, few, Kyle Hendricks is another ago, great example. Yeah. And he's throwing 86 miles an hour and he's throwing four hit shutouts. You're like, how the hell are you doing this? Like, and I don't know whether it's because the ball must look like it's never getting to the plate when you're comparing it to all these cats that are 97, 98, 99, 100, 102. I mean, it, I'm not complaining. It's just different. It's a totally different game than what it was when I was a kid loving it. I mean, there's just that left-handed reliever who throws the loopy curveball who comes in just to infuriate left-handed hitters that dude doesn't exist anymore he he can't he can't get a college scholarship Except he doesn't even have the opportunity to yeah. show he can do it yes agreed that's the thing but, i mean look, just, look at all miss they don't take anybody that's not right-handed 93 to 95 with a slider that's it to the guy and they hold in and they pick them when they're 14 yeah oh I, I, look i think it's one of the reason college baseball is suffering from the thing i think it is clock I think it is um, the rushing. I think it is the umpires tightening zones. I also think at some point down the line, we just started looking at velocity and for stopping even looking if somebody can actually pitch. No, it's not about where you can pitch. I, just can you throw hard? I saw this coming also because I'm kind of the – I'm in the generation where it started, where coaches used to come – college coaches in particular – used to sh still show up at our high school games and guys would watch them pitch. I'm of the generation where the showcases started to be the recruiting avenue and everyone would just show up at these showcases and this is how it worked. I was a catcher, so it didn't matter like what I was doing on the mound, but I caught all these kids. You got seven pitches in a bullpen and they just put a radar gun on you. And so what happened was Everyone started figuring out if I like hold on to the ball too long and one hop it, my it's going to light up the radar gun. So everyone would get in there and just throw like these 58 foot fastballs. And they're like, all right, let's see the breaking stuff. And then they would just throw these like terrible curveballs. But as long as they hit the number on the radar gun, that's all that mattered. And, you know, like I just think about how many guys, there's so many guys I feel like in college baseball where, if you just look at the radar gun, you assume that they're good. And yet I don't feel like any of them can pitch. The throwers, not pitchers. Even guys who are billed as three and four pitch guys, they don't actually use three or four pitches in the game. Hardly ever. I mean, you know, you look at, I mean, I asked, I asked a question to Mike a couple weeks ago and I mean, not picking on the kid, but you know, Rebus, a left-handed kid where you would think, hey, that's two, three pitches. That's kind of what that looks like. And I said, hey, I was the changeup. And he goes, yeah, you know, just third pitch with college kids. It's not quite there. I'm not a kid, you know, guy who's been three years in the system. No, I not mean, that was, system, but in general. My brother was like the one guy Mike would pitch backwards with. But Blair, that's the problem. My brother was a like had to pitch backwards because he didn't have a UCL. 
Mm-hmm. Like my brother in high school was in the 90s. And then he gets to college and he tears his elbow because he was throwing a slider from Neil's point. Uh, let's see. I think Blair, I remember the day Blair figured out a slider. He was 13. Mm-hmm. But Blair was also a guy that like, you know, he had not only did he have a slider, he had an overhand curveball. He had he actually had a filthy changeup. But I was thinking about this. When's the last time we've seen a two seam fastball? Like who? Even, I feel like no one even throws a two seamer. Like no one's trying to like throw the arm side movement, get it under their hands. Like everyone is literally just throwing a four seam fastball as hard as they can and then throwing a slider. It's amazing how much the game has changed because when I was playing, a lot of guys didn't throw the four seam fastball because they couldn't control it. Correct. It it might take off on you. They threw the two seam because they had pinpoint control and they could get it on that right on the inner black yep and get the ground ball they wanted to get a ground ball they wanted to get it out they, they didn't they put it right on the outside corner on a guy that was looking for the inside pitch and he'd hit it off the end of the bat ground ball to second base right out of the inning now it's all about avoiding bats and so it's and, and these to chase's point it's these college kids now that are that are They've tightened the strike zone this year. It's it's noticeable, like big time. Because last year, the strike zone in college baseball was like the central time zone. If you just threw it, it was a strike. And 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 this year, they've really tightened it up, both width and height. And these cats, man, who just throw nothing but four seamers and sliders. I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of times, like when the count's full, I'm talking to myself watching. I was watching like... Uh, LSU and somebody the other day, and I was watching Tennessee, maybe, maybe, and I, yeah, maybe so. And the Tennessee kid was at the plate, and the count was full, and I was like, "Just don't swing, take it. He's going to walk you." And sure enough, he swung at a pitch that was out of the strike zone. I was like, "Dude, he's not going to throw you a strike. Just take it. I guarantee you, if you watch three two counts, and I realize as a hitter, it's impossible to think this way, but I bet if they just took sixty percent of the time, it's a walk." Well, you bring up an interesting point. Does anyone pitch to contact anymore? Very few people. Even at the college level, man. It's it's crazy. Like that to your point, like this is the other thing that's insane to me. If you're if we are at the point in time where we are more aware of the amount of pitches, so your pitch count and what it does to your arm. Would y'all not agree this is the this is certainly of our lifetimes. The number of pitches you throw and its impact on your arm is at the all-time peak of our sure. lifetime. Yeah, sure, of course. Why are we still saying throw it by them as much as you can? Like, I don't we, understand. It's very, it's very simple how you get your pitch count down. Get people to get outs. Strikeouts take longer. We've normalized Tommy John. Where it's no. like a rite of passage now, though. And, and I don't mean like, I mean, obviously you want people to come back as healthy as possible, but it, it's almost like a precursor is, oh, well, that guy's more valuable because he's already torn his elbow up. No, well, to, your, to your exact point, it's now at the point where if guys have elbow problems, they're hoping for TJ because, hey, that's a couple extra miles per hour if I do it right. You know what you don't, I feel like old man yelling at cloud here, and I'm, I'm not passionate about this. Chase knows. It's just kind of an observation. You we mentioned guys like Maddox or even Hendricks. Hendricks is a great example because every, every once in a while with Hendricks, um, you'd see him throw 90 and you'd hear the announcer like, 
like Lynn Casper or, 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 or Hughes would say, he, um, he reached back and got a little extra right there. No one does that now because it's all max velocity. Damn near every throw, you don't ever reach back and get a little more. It's there is nothing more to get. You're you're the you're the pedal. Your foot is all the way down on the on the on the pedal the entire time. I'll tell you about uh, Morgan Wallens bringing his one night at a time tour to Vault Hemingway Stadium, April twenty second and twenty third. Tickets for both are still available and start at just seventy eight dollars for each night. To purchase, visit morganwallen.com and you already have your ticket. Make sure and purchase a parking pass as well. You can get one of those at olemistix.com. Welcome on Sports Bistro. Puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouthwatering made from scratch Louisiana cuisine, po' boys, gumbo, voodoo, shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, all in front of 70 plus TVs, 40 plus ice cold beers. On tap, you can order online at walkons.com or on the convenient Walk-Ons app as well. If you're in Oxford or uh, the Jackson area, please visit the Walk-Ons in Oxford or Ridgeland. The College Corners, your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. They have the largest selection of rebel gear in central Mississippi. If you haven't checked it out yet, we did a podcast late thursday early friday on uh the db cooper mystery it was uh pretty good the podcast i was pretty excited about actually uh, it's brought to you by comer heating and air southern air conditioning and heating different names same great products and services if you live in oxford batesville tupelo or the surrounding area call comer 662-801-1777 if you live in hernando memphis olive branch that area call the people at southern 662-429-4429 a Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A Stock start at just a dollar. That's right, every item starts at one dollar. Shop now at astock.bid. Download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers. A Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. Want it? Bid it, win it. And we're brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic multivitamin and supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside the U.S. under the highest standards. They're based out of Iuka, Mississippi. If you take diabetes medicine, high blood pressure medicine, or cholesterol medications, you know they typically cause some side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss. That's due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. But Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support, it puts those vitamins back in your body, helps with side effects, keeps you more compliant in taking your medication, and helps you stay healthier over the long term. SolutionsRx.com. Type in the promo code OEP at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your first order. Podcast also brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. That's JohnstonHillCreamery.com. You can order lots of things right there online, including their uh, their special grazing tray they have coming up for Easter this weekend, it's got spicy feta dip, pepper jelly, pepper jelly, cured meats, cheeses, crudités like radishes, carrots, and more. It feeds four to six people. It can be picked up on April 7th or April 8th. I'll put a link to order online there on the uh, message board here uh, here soon. You can see more about that in their Instagram page as well. That's Johnson Hill Creamery on Instagram. And again, give them a call to see other different options for you. That's 662-419-9201. No, I mean, that's kind of the other thing about it is so I, I was watching uh, Bill Maher's podcast with Bob Costas and 
before everyone stops listening because of those two names, it was fascinating because Marr is actually a big baseball fan. And he was asking Costas the question, are, are pitchers too soft nowadays? He's like, you know, I, when I would grow up, a guy would throw, you know, seven to you know nine innings, 150 pitches, and he would hit his next start. Now I'm watching guys that come in for an inning and they're done for three days. And he's like, what's the difference? And Costas said, you know, Costas told the story of, I believe it was Koufax that he was talking to. And this was Koufax when he was like late stage Koufax. And he said, I can still throw it 95, but I've only got five to seven times a game. I can throw 95. So I'm going to cruise. And then if I get into the sixth or seventh and I need to throw it by a guy, that's when I'll reach back and do it. Now, every single guy has to come in and throw max effort. He's like, think about how many times you're watching a game and forget the bullpen. He's like, think about how many starters come in and throw it 97 to start. And the other point he made was he's like, you know, the other the other big difference is all these pitchers are on these massive contracts. So now all of a sudden owners are viewing them as major assets. I don't want them to get hurt. You know, the best ability is availability. And so, uh, again, I'm with you. Like, I know we sound a little bit like, you know, yelling at clouds, old men yelling at clouds. The same time, though, like, can we not acknowledge, like, if everyone's doing the same thing, it's just kind of boring. Like, it's kind of the, you know, I have the same problem. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter the sport. Like, Part of me kind of like used to root for the Wisconsin's of the world just because when everyone else is doing the same thing, like they're trying to figure out another way to do it. And if everyone's running the spread and just chunking it up to receivers one on one, it's part of the reason that I think identifying quarterbacks has become so difficult. I think it was a lot easier to identify quarterbacks 15 years ago when you could watch the type of throws they were having to make. If you saw a guy that was having to make NFL throws into tight windows, it's part of the reason why I always believed Eli was going to be a good pro. Like, if you watch the guys that he was throwing to in college and you saw the throws that he made, Neil's told the story multiple times about when Neil covered the Auburn game Eli's junior year. And Eli's, if you looked at Eli's numbers, he wasn't particularly good. He had a really bad first half, but he got hot in the second half and he nearly brought him back. I think it was 31-7 or something like that at half. And he should have taken off and run at, on a late down, like in the end zone, and he ends up throwing a pick. But Chizik was talking about the... It wasn't like their defense got worse. He just started making these unbelievable throws. Well, now, I just don't know how many times we see guys have to make those kinds of throws. Like, everyone's throwing a one-on-one to somebody that's usually wide open. And... Again, I'm not faulting I'm not faulting the game. Like your job's to win the game, but I just don't think it's that interesting to watch. I I I miss the days of like styles make fights. I remember Gene Chizik telling me after that game that Eli was better than Peyton. And he that was him. the famed Giant Scout game, right? Ernie Acorsi yep. was yes, there. That's the Ernie Acorsi. Yep. Ernie Acorsi yep. was in because you would have thought just based on his numbers that they would have left unimpressed and that was the day that he left thinking I've got to get this guy. Yeah, Auburn was a lot more talented than, than Ole Miss. 
Well, Auburn, I think that was the Rudy Johnson game. I think Rudy started the year as their third tailback, and he had 100 at half. Maybe it was Ronnie Brown. Maybe it was, it was Ronnie. Ronnie. That, was, that was Ronnie Brown's game because yeah. Parnell, it, uh, Parnell like, uh, was banged uh, up. Because my, I just remember my dad saying in the first half, he had visions of Bo Jackson taking a nap in the second half. There was one game, I think he said he was in Jackson, where Bo had like 200 at half, and he just took a nap on the sidelines. He, he had visions of that. I remember around. that game. That was, a good, that, was a good, that, was a, that was an interesting game. I remember that one. Go ahead. Jeff, go ahead, Jeff. Jeffrey, it's April 6th. Got a long way to go in a major league season. Where are, you, uh, where, where, where are you following on your manager sitting a guy for not running hard enough around third base? Uh, I mean, obviously, he didn't have the sixth tool. Tyler O'Neill's not a six-tool player. I didn't see class. Yeah, I will for, say for, that, for anyone that missed this, O'Neill thrown out in a 4-1 loss to the Braves by Ronald Acuna a couple days, and then uh, Marble gets on him in the post-game press conference and sits in the next day. It's April the 6th. Correct. And uh, <laughs> the Braves the Braves swept the Cardinals. And I don't really remember ever thinking at any point during the game, Cardinals got a chance to win one of these. Um, <laughs> I will say, so I had the game on a side TV. Like, that's kind of uh -huh. my, especially early, I don't really watch with a ton of sound. Also, if we're being spirit of full disclosure, I'm not ready to commit to Chip Carey yet. Uh, I was you never, never will be. You yeah, never I will was, be. I, I still think when I hear Chip Carey, I'm like, it's a Braves broadcast. Like, it, it's, taken me, it's taken me a while. Um, I will say, Chip Carey compared to Dan McLaughlin, um, it is hilarious that a Carey was brought in to replace somebody with an alcohol problem. Like, that is kind of like that, that, that's taken me a while to, to grasp. Um, Chip Carey makes Dan McLaughlin look like he was the most down the middle announcer of all time. Like Chip Carey, Chip Carey was celebrating Adam Wainwright's uh, national anthem as if like he had just heard Whitney Houston sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. He and, tries so hard, man. I mean, it's, it's fine. There are plenty of people that there there are plenty of people that that appeals to. Um, I'm fine with it. But the the thing about that play was I was watching it, and I'm sitting there going, "Was O'Neill at first? Like, how did he get? It wasn't that he just got thrown out. He got thrown out by like ten feet. And I'm sitting there going, like, "Well, what happened? And I know he's got the bum knee and whatnot, but." Typically, if you're sitting a guy for not hustling, that's usually not the first time in your head you've had a problem. And it typically would be a situation where maybe you've noticed a trend and that trend um, came to fruition and you're making a statement. I also know this. When Tyler O'Neill was in Memphis, Mark was, Mark was actually writing about uh, DeYoung last year had been sent down. Um, and he was writing about like, you know, what's it like to be an all-star that gets sent down, not for a rehab star. Like he got sent down to like, go find himself. And he said, Tyler O'Neill had the attitude of, I'm not here for long and uh, you better just go ahead and treat me like a big leaguer. So I'm willing to bet this wasn't Marmol's first problem with Tyler O'Neill. Well, and, and they get into it pretty quickly here and, and the thing. I mean, their quotes are hilarious because Marmol does the very Cardinals thing of, hey, there's a standard. You meet it, you play. Mm -hmm. You don't meet it, you don't play. It goes down that whole road and all this. 
basically says, hey, good players in the clubhouse. I mean, uh, we got competition. O'Neal, though, I mean, it's what you get in the pros that is funny because there's no shot spared here. His full quote, because I just find this interesting from a sports standpoint, I've never been known to be a dogger in any caliber. So for him to say that is very strong words. He says, I don't think it should have been handled that way. I think if there's internal issues, you should be handled internally. We should have been, we should have each other's backs out there. Sometimes it doesn't go that way, I guess. Live and you learn, I guess. So I was also, I was <laughs> also like Carmelo about, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not me. It's you, I guess. Um, I was actually thinking about this, though, kind of about the whole discussion. Do guys not know how to run the bases anymore? Like, because his argument, and if you want to buy it, so be it. His argument was like, he didn't get a good enough jump and whatnot. And I'm sitting there going, they're two outs. Like, what jump do you need? Like, it's contact. Like, you're going on contact. But is it possible now that like, no one, no one's stealing, like everyone's playing the same way. Is it just possible? Like, no one knows how to run the bases anymore, except for Shohei Otani. I do think we're getting worse jumps. I think there is some base running fundamentals that are not there. Also, O'Neill opened it up to admitting that maybe it wasn't 100% because he, he starts his entire quote was, I'm trying to do everything I can to stay on the field and give it my best effort. Yeah, he went Basically with the, meaning, Hey, we're not pushing that knee. Well, no, he went with the Miz excuse. Um, for those that don't know, the Miz was a professional wrestler that basically spent 20 years without getting hurt because he worked the softest matches of all time ironically, towards ACL last year. Um, yeah, he basically went with like, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay healthy out there, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a star, I mean, look, I mean, you don't want, you know, you, look, that happens a lot. Hey, you don't want the running back go, hey, don't take that extra guy on, dude, 162 of these. It is what it is. But I mean, our, our boys, the Mannings, uh, they never got filleted often on sacks. Why? And they went down. Yeah. They even talked about it, like going down. Sometimes you got to give up on a play. Last NBA. week of the uh, NBA season, I'm just curious because you and I kind of had this conversation yesterday. I know you got to go in a few minutes. Um, who does the Grizzlies want to see first round? Who do they not want to see first round? So, obviously, who do they want to see? I don't know if it's possible. They'd love to see the Thunder. Like, uh, yeah. to me, like that's. I think, that's we're, I think we're finding our way out of the play in right now. We're, we're, we're in the play out. That, that's sad to hear. Uh, I, I really would say that. It's sad to hear. So of the teams you could possibly see in the first round, I think the answer is, I know they beat the Lakers last night, but it was the second night of a back-to-back for the Lakers, and LeBron and AD had to go to overtime against Utah the night before. I still think they want to see the Clippers, if you're, if you're making the case, because I do not believe Paul George is going to be available during the first round, I actually don't think he's going to be available the entire playoffs, but I definitely don't think he's going to be available in the first round. And in a seven-game series, you know, Kawhi's always one turned ankle away from shutting it down. Um, I think that's the team they want to see. You could make an argument that they would want to see from a basketball matchup perspective, the Warriors, because the Warriors are going to have to go small. And if you go small, typically Jaron doesn't get in foul trouble. And last night, Jaron Jaron Jackson Jr. right now is playing unbelievable basketball. Like offensively, he has been just an absolute animal. But as long as he's on the floor, they're fine. And the Warriors are that matchup. I think the team they don't want to see, and it's nothing more than really reputation, other than what they've rather than what they've done this year, 
I just think that if you're in a first round matchup, you don't want to see LeBron and Anthony Davis from just from the perspective of if they're at their peak, if they're at their peak and they're playing hard, like they're still two of the five best players alive. So I think that's probably who they want to avoid. I personally would also like to avoid the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves have multiple guys inside. And that's typically when Jaron gets in foul trouble. And to me, it's all just about keeping him on the floor. Yeah. If I'm Memphis, I mean, you, you, you can't duck anybody because the West is so good. I don't even know how you would strategically duck anyone because who the hell knows? Like, it feels like day to day, this, the standings change. Yeah. I, I, you're right about Jackson, by the way. I think he's the defensive player of the year. Um, the, he, he won't win it, but he should win it. It's kind of like you and I were talking about. I think Jalen Williams should win rookie of the year. Santa Clara, Jalen Williams. And I don't, I don't think he will. I think Von Caro will win it, but I think Memphis has as good a chance as anybody. And Memphis could also get bounced in the first round. The West is just weird. I mean, the Lakers are, when the Lakers go through Anthony Davis, they're an elite team. When they start trying to figure out a way to work LeBron through it as well, they they take a step back. The Clippers without Paul George can't win it. The Warriors scare me because when they start shooting, and they're a deeper roster than anyone gives them credit for, they do a better job of development than anyone gives them credit for. Unless it's James Wiseman. Um, Unless it's Wiseman. But like they, the job they've done with well, Moody, and the other thing, Moody and some of those guys, is, it's The remarkable. other thing you have to factor in with them is like they have not had Wiggins for what, 25 games? Yeah, it's been two months. So... Wiggins is their second best player. Yep. Like, and they haven't had him. So, yeah, I mean, like, there's also like the, there's an emotional angle with the Grizzlies and the Warriors that I think a lot of people would like to avoid. I mean, the biggest problem in the West is trying to determine, does anything matter? Like, it feels like to me, the teams that are going to be the top three seeds are Denver, the Grizzlies, and the Kings. And no one really, like, it's to different degrees. Like, People believe in the Nuggets more than they believe in the Grizzlies and more they believe in the Kings. People believe in the Grizzlies more than they believe in the Kings. But still, the Suns are still the favorite. Like, it feels like to me. And then I think people, if the Lakers Lakers make it, it feels like the Lakers are going to be there and then the Warriors will be there. So I think we're about to figure out, did the regular season matter at all uh, in the West? Because right now, it, it feels like the only goal is, hey, just get in the tournament and you'll figure it out. Phoenix is really good, but man, I I don't want to be this guy, but like I just kind of wonder, does Kevin Durant care enough? Like he's so flippant now that I, is is he really going to turn it on in a playoff series when it gets crunch time? I just don't know. Maybe Chris Paul really going to stay healthy for an entire playoff run? He doesn't look it. And is Devin Booker really going to seed to Durant? Devin Booker's a, a guy who p- appears to be pretty hung up on legacy and stuff, and and he's. He's special. Is he really gonna? Is, they just they haven't been together long enough for me to go. Yeah, in a in a in a game six in a big series, they'll do the right thing. They'll figure it out. They'll they'll make it work. Durant might, but I'm not sure Booker would. No, I mean to me, like that's the West is the most fascinating race because of that reason. Like I feel like if. Someone not Milwaukee, Boston, and I suppose you can make a case for Philly. I do not include them in the same category, but I get people that would. 
if someone wins the East that are not those three teams, it's surprising. Yes, yeah, shocking. Gun to your head, who do you feel confident being like, this team's going to win the West? Uh, if you just did that to me, I'd, uh, oh, wow. I think I would take Denver. But, like, that's the thing. Like, am I confident in that? No, Denver could see Phoenix in the second round. Yeah, and I, I'm, it's not fair to judge Denver on past years because they've had injuries and stuff. And this year, they're a lot healthier and they're actually a deeper team. And Jokic is a terrific player. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you put a gun to my head and said, pick one team, I, I'm not sure I wouldn't still say the Lakers, but I'm not, I don't know. It's the West is crazy. You could tell me six teams won it and I'd totally buy it. Look, if you told me Sacramento, who's a really good road team, if you told me Sacramento got it, got into the Western Conference Finals, I'm, I'm not particularly shocked. And at the same time, it's like, they could get bounced in the first round too. Like they're oh, in the same. If you, spot if you told me they lost a five-game series in the first round, I, I wouldn't even blink an eye. But they're better than they. If if you watched them play and you didn't see Kings uniforms on them, you'd be like, "Oh, this team's scary" because they can really score and and they're scoring. Um, they they're they're well coached. Sabonis is a terrific player. He doesn't get anywhere near the amount of credit that he deserves. I mean, he's he's an All NBA player. The, they're, they're good. They're good. For the casual fan like me, anywhere through the playoffs, what are the one or two series that like we really want to see? Like, who are we trying to get matched up in this thing eventually? I want Memphis Golden State because they hate. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah that that's 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 the one where there's bad blood and it'll be competitive. And then I want I want that Milwaukee Boston series. Yeah, because those games those games are completely unpredictable. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a generational player, and in many ways, Jason Tatum is too. And, and I think you could also make the case Philly and Milwaukee just because it's two elite bigs going. They're different players, but they're yeah. both they're both. Well, awesome. I mean, Joel Embiid right now is is maybe the best player in the game. All right, boys, I got to run. All right, see All you, right. Jeffrey. Later, bud. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So playoffs begin when? Next week. The play ends like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the playoffs begin like next weekend. Okay. Mavs got a big win over the Kings last night. They're back in it trying to catch the yeah. thunder for the 10. Tied them. Caught them. You're, you're excited. I see the smile. Let's go, Dallas. Let's, go. <laughs> Let's do this. 
big big Luca and Kyrie fan right now. Big big big, big Mavs energy right now coming. Oh, I mean, uh, look, I mean, I, I I I want I want the Thunder to have one, and it's not a great draft. And we'll talk about this another time. People are right yeah, now yeah. shooting us in the head, but. It's it's not a great draft. There's three dudes at the top of the draft that are really good players. Wimbanyama and Scoot Henderson and then Brandon Miller, although Miller's I mean, you gotta ask questions about Brandon Miller before you draft Brandon Miller. I mean, you gotta know some things. But then after that, there's just kind of this hodgepodge of dudes from like four to about fourteen. Maybe you strike gold. Maybe it's a disaster. But I'd rather the Thunder get somewhere in that hodgepodge and have a bite than draft 17th and lose in a first-round series to Denver. I mean, the, in the completely unlikely scenario that Oklahoma City won the play-in, they have 0% chance against Denver in a series. Zero. No way. Yeah. I mean, Jokic could not play, and they'd still not win the series. So add Holmgren, add another dude, and go from there. This time a year from now, I think I'll be pretty pumped about a young team making their playoff debut. That's my that's my guess. What are they? I mean, is the schedule setting up where you expect the Thunder to lose and and not make it? I mean, is that where we are right now? Yeah, they finished with Memphis. Memphis might not play that last game, which is a little worrisome. Um, they still got to play Utah. Utah's still playing a little bit, which is and playing better. Thunder kind of out of gas too. I mean, like they got some injuries. Dort's hurt. They got they got some stuff. I, I think they're done. I mean, they lost to Indiana. They lost to um, they lost to Detroit or barely beat Detroit. They barely beat Detroit and then lost to the Hornets. They're 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 we're, they're done. I, they they and they need to stay done. They need to just stay, stay down, done. stay down. Let Dallas have the play in. Let Dallas play Minnesota in a play-in, which would be absolutely fascinating to watch two teams that have underachieved epically but have incredible players. I mean, a Dallas-Minnesota play-in game, sign me up. I, I, mm -hmm. it, I'm interested. Yeah. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns and, and that team and all the talent that they have, and they just can't figure it out. They, they, they look checked out half the time. And then they'll turn it on one game, and you're like, Ooh, these dudes are good. And then the next day, they're checked out again. And Dallas is... Podcast brought to you in part by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. For those who uh, have one of these close by, it's now available at Rouse's Markets. I guess mostly throughout Louisiana, but maybe somewhere else as well. I'm not sure where all the Rouse's are. But Rouse's now carrying the Prime Shrimp, the seven different flavors that are available for you. And, of course, you can get it uh, shipped directly to your house. Everything from the New Orleans-style barbecue shrimp to the Louisiana bull. Cajun shrimp, the signature, which is a great versatile option, the garlic herb butter, and much more. They also have their two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp for those who want the grocery store type shrimp, except for higher quality from the New Orleans-based company. So use code RG. That's code RG. Five pouches or more, twenty-five percent off there with Prime Shrimp. Again, PrimeShrimp.com. Our friends over at Dead Soxy have a free gift for you. The gift is exclusive. Head over to DeadSoxy.com/slash/rebels. And join the NIL subscription. By signing up, you'll be the first to hear about exclusive collaborations, new products, and even uh, receive freebies on the regular. That means you'll not only have the freshest socks in town, but you'll also be contributing directly to Ole Miss Athletics and helping support your favorite players. 
Uh, as your first gift for signing up, you'll receive a free pair of limited edition juice Kiffin socks, which are only available to members. To get your gift, all you have to do is add a pair of socks from Dead Soxy's Ole Miss NIL subscription to your cart, and uh, your free pair of Juice Kiffin socks will automatically appear in your cart. No membership fees to become a member. All you have to do is start your subscription by adding one pair of NIL socks to your cart and choosing how often you want new pairs from the Ole Miss collection delivered. So head over to deadsoxy.com slash rebels. Sign up for the NIL subscription today to show your support. My 10 Weekend Thoughts are up at rebelgrove.com. They're brought to you by Game Changer Patches. They're the only two-patch system available in the market. Stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to uh, help recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com. Promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS is owned by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider, a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator, and much, much more. To learn more, go to ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. We're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford has been serving the Oxford area for uh, the better part of three quarters of a century, from engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at lamonsfinejewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Jackson, Mississippi, but they've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, Retirement planning for individuals and businesses and much, much more. At Pinnacle, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's mypinwealth.com. M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark. That's N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Servicing people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159, phone service, parental controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender, and much more. So again, get the best internet in Lafayette County, as well as parts of Union and Pontotoc counties, 662-238-3159. And whether it's real or not, Mark Cuban yesterday saying he wants to re-sign Kyrie. Well, he should. They gave up yeah. quality players to get him. They might as well keep Kyrie around because if, look, you do at this point, you do whatever the hell Luca wants you to do. Sure. Because if Luca walks into the front office and says, trade me. You got a problem. Yeah. Because that means he's checked out. And if Luca checks out, you, you're and at some point, you, you got to build around him a little bit. Maybe if they had a whole year together, they could. The, the media, you have to understand, the media hates Kyrie. They blame him for Brooklyn. They, they, they hate him for his vaccine stance, all that stuff. Kyrie is still an elite player. And if you give him and, and Luca a year together, maybe they figure some things out. Yeah. So said in the opening, Ole Miss, Arkansas, starting uh, tonight. Again, weather permitting. I mean, you're all aware by now the field drains. Very very well. Um, we'll see. It's it, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of light rain the next three days. But Ole Miss typically gets the games in, as I have said numerous times here on the podcast in twenty uh, 
in 22 years, I guess, Ole Miss has not played one scheduled SEC weekend game. Um, they have not gotten one in. So one time in how many ever years that was the, ser- the season finale against Texas A&M some year. I forget which year it is. But either way, Ole Miss, Arkansas. I, I hate the reins in, though, because we talked about it yesterday. It's two pitching staffs trying to find itself. I mean, you look at Arkansas, and they're, they're going TBA, TBA on thir- on Friday and Saturday behind Hunter Holland. They're, uh, I guess, kind of ace right now. The left-hander, he's 4-1 and one with a 3.50 ERA, 35 strikeouts, 11 walks. Ole Miss going with the same rotation from uh, from last week, Doherty, Rivas, and JT Quinn, which makes sense. I thought, said, I thought Quinn was pretty good last week. I'm sure, Van Horn, I'm sure Van Horn would love nothing more than to get a game out of, what's his name, Holland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and some other dudes – and be able to think about the idea of starting Hagen Smith on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's what he would, or Friday. I'm, I mean, I, I keep thinking Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I've not adjusted to this Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. Yeah. It's too it's too much calculus for my head. But I'm sure that's what he would love to do. He hasn't been able to do that. They've they've had to go to Smith like in the sixth inning of games to get wins, and it's worked. They every time they've done it, they've won. But they've ended up basically burning two starting pitchers to get one win. It it's it's a, it's an interesting series because Ole Miss clearly needs to. I mean, from a straight math standpoint, you're one and eight, one and eight in the SEC. You need two out of three this weekend at home. They they just need to get off the snot and win a home series. I mean, since the start of last year in SEC series, Ole Miss has won one of them. They are one and five in the last six SEC home series, and that one was Missouri in the sweep that started the whole thing last year. Otherwise, they have not played well at all at home. They've won a lot more on the road than they have at home to this point. Um, and, I mean, frankly, I hate the weather and everything's going on because this is typically just a fun series. Ole Miss and Arkansas get together, and the teams and coaches respect each other. Like, I know the fan bases hate one another. Um Mike and Van Horn are fine. Um, there are there is some animosity between some of the coaches on the staff between two, the two programs, and they've just seen each other so much they are tired of one another. I mean, you you look at it and you've got the three games every single year. They've played the SEC tournament multiple times in the last few years. You've got the Super Regional in 2019 where they played three extra times, and they played in Omaha three extra times last year. Mike Bianco and Dave Van Horn now have met more than any two coaches in SEC history. They have passed Ron Polk oh, wow. and Skip Bertman is. They, too, have played each other the most. Um, yeah, I mean, they there are no secrets. Both teams into, intimately familiar with one another, and um, it creates environments because of the fan bases, frankly, at this point. So, I mean, it, it's – I hate that the situations in several different ways are not a little better for what should be a packed, fun series. But the rain is going to hurt crowds just getting in and out of the stadium and any changes that happen and some of those things. But – Nonetheless, they'll play it. It's the start of four straight uh, weekends in Oxford. They're going to be quite busy. You've got uh, the spring game next week when the baseball team is at Mississippi State, the LSU-Morgan Wallen uh, weekend where I I saw that I think this week the city said they're expecting 200,000 people to come into the town over the course of that weekend. How? I'm shrugging my shoulders. That's that's not my area. I'm not the How city does, planner, but I was told to work. <laughs> I was told 200,000 was the number they gave out this week. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't I get guess. your dinner reservations now, people. You, good luck. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even, where would you even park? 
Batesville? Well, I mean, that's that's not at one time. That's over the course of the three days, but still. Yeah. I mean, it's a town, though, that typically has 40,000 people in it. So do the math and what that what that looks like or doesn't look like. But you yeah, got, I mean, what what, what is the Morgan Wallen concert doing? Is it 45, 50,000, something like that? I mean, it's Vaught Hemingway, so it's got to be a decent chunk of the stadium. I would, uh, I would think so, yeah. Because you put the... You put everything the but the north end zone. Yeah, you put the stage in one end zone and yeah, everything out. else is full. I mean, he's wildly popular. I, I know there are people out there that lose their mind over things that he said or whatever. He's wild. But he's going to fill it up. Yeah, Obviously, baseball's in time. I mean, that, that's over the course of several days, not all at once. But either way, yeah, hearing 200,000 people is the the estimate for the weekend. And then double-deckers the next week. So that's the next four weekends in Oxford is Arkansas, baseball, spring game, Morgan Wallen, LSU, and then double-decker. And that's home baseball as well. Ole Miss plays Georgia that weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. So. That LSU Morgan Wallen weekend is definitely the weekend where you like because all the locals know what I mean. You just give them the town. You go, you know what? It's yours for seventy two hours. Have at it. I'll 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 be a member of society Monday, Tuesday, something like that. Have at it. Enjoy yourselves. Are you going to some do the developer do or, or some some de- developer owner will come in and go? Oh my God, Oxford slammed. Let's put eight restaurants in town, and they're all going to close in six months because they think this happens fifty two weeks a year. But you know, it's, it's okay. You're, oh, you're exactly right. Someone will be in town and they'll be like, this is incredible. We're, we're going to make a mint. It's like, no, no, dude, hold up, hold up. It's not always, but it's more crowded than like, it is more used, crowded than it's ever been. We used to have dead mm-hmm. time in Oxford mm-hmm. where the, like, the locals, and I think we've both become locals. We loved dead time. Dead time doesn't really exist anymore. You get a couple of days, like right around Christmas, but that's about it, man. I mean, it's still, it's still hopping pretty much all the time. The definition of dead time has changed. I still have time where I consider it dead time, but it's not, hey, I really don't have to worry about the crowd at all. I can park wherever. I'm for sure getting into this restaurant whenever I want to go. If I want to go at 6.30 or 6.45 or 7 or 7.30 or whatever, you still got to plan it a little bit. There's still the, well, and frankly for me and... I, yeah, I mean, this is, look, guys, it's Thursday, April the 6th. Um, it's even getting around town. Everybody knows this. Like, you have to strategically decide what road you're going down, depending on time of day a little bit. Um, South Lamar has become the worst, because I live on this side of town, and it it's pretty much backed up all hours now. I mean, you, you I, I essentially avoid South Lamar from the Belk roundabout back to the roundabouts at, at Highway Six. That, that 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 little thoroughfare there is just gone. We don't do that anymore. That's that that's out. Um, so you need to go down to Belk, take the take the hospital road over to Old Taylor, and then go about your day around. Oh. Yeah, that's the avoid Lamar. But anyway, uh, sorry, Ole Miss, Arkansas baseball, Arkansas six and three in the SEC at this point. It, it's really taking care of business in the way that. They could, considering the roster issues they have, they've been hit by the the injury bug on the mound two straight years. This year, they've got a little more bullpen depth. They got more bullpen experience than Ole Miss, and that's allowed them to mitigate it better than the Rebels have. But they've been popped from a starting pitching standpoint. Van Horn has really had to just kind of piece this thing together. They uh, they've also been helped by the schedule. They get Auburn at home to open SEC play. They sweep the Tigers. They take care of business in three games that were not close at all. They win seven two nine three five zero. 
Auburn was with without Joseph Gonzalez. Auburn simply does not have much on the mound without him. They go to Baton Rouge, find a way to get a game, really good, gritty game. It went to extra innings, even though Arkansas won nine to three. One of the better nine innings of baseball that's happened so far in the league this year. LSU, that's what I've seen. Yeah, LSU pops them big the next two days, but they got one, which is the only goal when you go to Baton Rouge right now. And then they found a way to get two out of three at home against a pretty good Alabama team. They, they've got a big couple weeks, few weeks coming up, but Arkansas has done a really nice job of making the most of their opportunities and their talent to this point. I mean, they've put themselves in, in, in good shape and they've done what Mike Bianco typically does outside of this year. And what Dave Van Horn does is just find ways to piece wins together and not have that dog season. They're a little better offensively than they were a year ago. They, they don't have as many dead spots in the lineup. They got a little bit down at the bottom, like most teams in the league. Uh, but they're, he did a really good job in the portal uh, with offensive players. And they've got some guys that are back, Stovall and whatever. They're, they're, they're solid. I've watched, I've watched them a good bit. They're solid. Again, this, this weekend, depending on how the weather shakes out, like, like I don't think it's both coaches probably the, the idea of a doubleheader is probably frightening. To yeah. both. I mean, they'd probably go, I oh, just, uh. and so if it comes down to a game of offense, both teams have offenses that can get super hot. I don't know. I, someone will win two out of three. I just, the only outcome that would surprise me from this weekend would be a sweep either way. I'd, In either I'd, way. I'd be surprised. Yeah. I don't, and if you told me someone swept, I, I don't even know what I'd pick. It's so, that's so antithetical to what, my evaluation would be so watch watch somebody blow out somebody three times in a row but I, i'd be really i've watched both teams play a good bit there there's not a lot separating them you're right arkansas has got a few more quote reliable in quote arms on the back end ole miss has mm -hmm. obviously had some bullpen issues um ole miss has more power arkansas probably has a few more maybe a bat or two that's more dependable Arkansas, I mean, look, the at the Ole top is, of the lineup, the, the center fielder at the top of the lineup can is a really good athlete. He does he does some and he he'll he'll run it out of the park a little. He's he's good. I, he's got like a long name. Joseph Joe, Berger, the transfer from Kansas. Good player. Really well, athletic. That's, that's what I was saying with this is you're gonna need a scorecard a little bit when you get to the stadium today because the names that you know are either gone or they're not producing necessarily. I mean, Kendall Diggs is off to a really good start. He's hitting 346, but he wasn't even an everyday player last year for Arkansas for a good bit of the year. Stovall's down to 274. Slavin's hitting 266. I mean, they're, they're not getting a lot out of the names that you know, but they're being carried to the top of the order from people that you're not overly aware of. Um, Borofin, who played a little bit but not a ton last year, and then they got Jared Wagner, who transferred from Creighton, and and Josenberger, who transferred from from Kansas. They're getting enough out of their portal guys. They've just sort of pieced that lineup together and, and put it in pretty good spots at this point. Um, I like their catcher. Um, they're good. Yeah, the catcher's a good player. Roland, I think, is his name. Yeah, Parker Roland. He's 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 been good for them. Wagner's the guy that like I'd like to watch. He and Kemp Alderman just take BP. And Roland didn't even play last year, and he's a transfer from Arkansas State. Yeah. He's been good. So, for I mean, Wagner, it's, it's can really, Wagner can really hit it. He's he's got some he's got some real pop. 
But yeah, no, I mean, they're not, neither one of these teams, when you watch them play and you watch like LSU or Vanderbilt, you, you know, you don't, you don't think, oh, that they could be competitive. And then, but you thought that last year too. I mean, I don't know that anybody at the middle of May last year watching Ole Miss or Arkansas thought these two, both of these teams will be in the final three. Yeah. No, there wasn't a soul on earth that thought that, including anyone in Oxford or Fayetteville. Yeah, the, the, Somebody goes, hey, just by the way, on June 22nd, these two teams are going to play in Omaha, and it's going to be at this known national certainty that the winner is going to win the national championship and beat the other side of the bracket. Just just heads up here. Nobody would have bought that. That's why you got to be – you just got to be a little careful with the whole writing teams off or whatever at this point. I mean, look, Ole Miss, the math is not in their favor, and they've got to get rolling It's because at some point the math just works against you to the point that you're by default out. But, you know, they – if they won two this weekend, they're they're alive. They got to go do something big in Startville, and you got to survive. You got to get one against LSU, and then at some point you got to sweep somebody. Big said, you got to pop Georgia. Come on! But those games, the, the opportunity to pop people is coming. You still have Auburn on the schedule. There's still some stuff to be done. You don't you don't have to sweep Arkansas this weekend. I mean, Ole Miss would obviously love a sweep. I don't think a sweep is particularly realistic. But and you need weather, to. You need to and. The weather's just such that I have a feeling that they might start. I don't know. I won't do that to anybody. But but you look at the forecast, and there's just not there's not a there's not a window tonight to get going for any length of time, unless you play know, in, in the rain. And they might. I know it sounds crazy that one game doesn't seem like, but it's a huge three and nine or or, or two and ten is a huge difference. It's just a yeah. huge difference. Yeah, I mean, if Ole Miss loses two out of three, it's just you're you're now you're at a point where to get there you've got to go twelve know, and six, twelve and six, and three With of those LSU are still LSU. on the schedule. Yeah, it's just tough. Really, t- at some point, that's what I'm saying. But if you have to go eleven and seven, well, that's a lot more doable. And the motivation for Ole Miss is that you do have, like you said, you have those games sitting there. You just got to win two against a team that's not great this weekend. And then at least whether it's true or whatever level it's true, in your mind it's going, we're just hanging on until Elliott's healthy. We're just hanging on until Elliott's healthy. Just hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know, in your head you can go, hey, Maddox is going to be fine and give us a bullpen arm in three weeks. I mean, that's where you have to at least believe if you are Ole Miss, whether that's true or not true or some version of the truth at this point. Sure, Um, sure. I mean – I'm sure that on the other side, they're probably looking at it going, how much longer till the, uh, you'd think I'd know him. He's friends with my daughter. Um, Brady. Tiger. 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 I couldn't think of his name. He's coming back in a few weeks for them. I'm sure they're like, hey, we'll add another bullpen arm. Maybe that lets us put Smith in the, in the rotation. And, mm-hmm. and they're, they're scrambling too. I mean, I'm sure if you told them they could get two this weekend, they'd be like, wow, I didn't. Van Horn probably didn't see eight and four after twelve. No, 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 no. Because he's because he's already gotten through LSU. Yeah, no, they did at LSU. What you have to do yeah. is just get one game. Just get one. Yeah. They got one, and then they lost the two games in the doubleheader that day, where LSU's bats just got them. But they got well, the I mean, one. When, yeah, and when Ole Miss left Fayetteville last regular season, they were seven and fourteen. That's the pivotal moment there prior to that Missouri series. And I mean, what's funny about that is Ole Miss played pretty well that weekend, and the only person who went hmm was Dave Van Horn. I mean, even Ole Miss was kind of down and whatever about it. And Van Horn, I wrote about it in the book. Van Horn told his coaches, "Hey, if they get in, they're a problem." Like he kind of had a conversation with people after the series and went, 
we got two there, but mm, I don't know. They're they're better than seven and fourteen. There's something going on there. Ole Miss um, could have easily swept that series last year. I remember telling you that. I was like, God, yeah, yeah. they're a lot better than their than their record. They played with that was that weekend that I guess was it Diggs got the walk off. Yeah, they hit the walk off on fireworks night and all that crap, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. They won the opener, lost that one, and then lost the next day in kind of a weird game where it was close, but Arkansas yeah. just sort of won. Ole Miss, yeah. that, that that series finale, Ole Miss, I think, loaded the bases with less than two outs the last three innings and scored one run. Yeah, Tiger right. got Elko, I think, at the end. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, yeah. that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area. And they offer medicine to fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it with G&M. They also will transfer your medications. One phone call, they take care of the rest. So everything you need from a community pharmacy, you can get that with Tyson Drugs and Holly Springs or G&M here in Oxford. So again, that's 662-236-2222. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners. allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Get in touch with him. Give him some parameters and a budget, and he will help you make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. If you're coming up this weekend for the Arkansas series or you're in town for the holiday, stop by Opa. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. It's a perfect place to enjoy a dinner, an evening out in Oxford. Fabulous food, craft libations as well. It's Opa on the square in Oxford. Uh, Brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662 567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Service specialist staffing and recruiting agency has been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, they can help you. If you're looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you as well. It's servicespecialistltd.com or 662-832-5138. Don't just accept what you see. But imagine something new. Step forward. Chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today. Get a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter. Healthier smile, 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing is available at CorinthDental.com. And don't forget, we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings. Also a great place for, uh, a great venue for events. So get in touch with them at Southern Traditions Farm on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, around the league this weekend, um, obviously Ole Miss and Arkansas again six thirty tonight and tomorrow for that. Texas A and M is at Auburn series. Both teams desperately need. If you're A and M, you see an opportunity there. Suddenly, a really fun series: LSU in Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. Oh, um, South Carolina's off to a hell of a hot start, just playing really solid baseball. Eight and one, yeah, eight and one for the Gamecocks. Mississippi State at Alabama this weekend. Um, 
Bama needs it. If you're Bama, you got to think about a sweep there. Right? I mean, you kind of have to think about a sweep if you're just playing Mississippi State, period, right now, because they're not playing playing good baseball. I mean, they can't pitch. I know Bama's like three and six, but I've watched them about six. They're better than three and six. Bama's pretty good now. They've got pretty decent pitching. Where I, it, 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 that's that's okay. They've got um, a veteran lineup. They're and they're they're good. They play with an edge too. Bama's keep an eye on them. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Number four, Vanderbilt, who is uh, undefeated in the SEC. They're in Columbia, Missouri this weekend. Who in Missouri has reverted back a little to Missouri that, form? Yeah, Vanderbilt might be undefeated after the weekend too. Because you you have to yeah. hit their pitching. They're not great offensively at all, but you have to hit their pitching. They don't have to be. Kentucky is at Georgia this weekend. The Wildcats off to a hell of a start playing Georgia. Yeah. Another opportunity here for Kentucky. They could easily be 10-2 and two after the weekend. And then I'm going to eat these words. It's a hell of a series. I'm excited about this this weekend. I'm really excited. I know LSU is this revered team. I'm not sure Florida's not the best team in the country. And Florida is at Knoxville this weekend. Ooh. I'm kind of with you on Florida. Florida has a – they don't have a Paul Skeens, but they've got a good rotation. Now, the weakest of the – LSU and Florida have have decent but not overpowering Sunday starters. The two-way kid for – for Florida, whose name is escaping me right, Caglianon or whatever. Yeah. Um, Jock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's probably the worst of the six, but he's still capable. They've got they've got some bullpen, and then one through nine, Florida's lineup is as good as LSU. LSU has the better two through five of anybody in the country. That's very very great, but something like Trump, very very great there. But uh, Florida. Throughout the lineup, I think has a has a hell of an offensive team. I'm I'm pretty excited about Florida's offense against Dollander and Burns here these next two days in Knoxville. Florida, Tennessee, huge series. Yeah, that um, will be entertaining for sure. Yeah, that's that, that that's one there. I'm not that's, ready to I'm not ready to to put the dirt on Tennessee's grave just yet. Uh you spoke of get ready for, you know, see what Alabama can do because you said they're three and six. Let me give you their next three series. Mississippi State, Auburn, Missouri. Ooh. Chase, they could go eight and one in those nine games. They could. Now buckle the hell up after that, but got got three weeks here to really show they're real. Who's after that? Back-to-back weekends against Vanderbilt and LSU. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the point. You've got to get, get – it's their moment where they've got to get like seven or eight. Because if you're going to – if you're really going to make the postseason, you can't count on more than one or two against those other – those two teams. they got A&M and Ole Miss. There's winnable games there. But if you're Alabama, you've got to get through the next three, seven, ten. Yeah, you've got to be – you need to be ten and eight, frankly. Yeah. Getting out of that stretch. Yeah. I think that's the – I think that's the number. So. I could end up being dead wrong on them. They could end up being twelve and eighteen, and everybody going, "You, you don't know what you're looking at." Which is, I would say, well, it won't be. No, the they're last. okay. I mean, I thought I thought they had a high floor, low ceiling. I didn't. I never thought they could go eighteen and twelve, but I didn't think they could suck either. I guess I kind of like them because when I've watched them, they, they, there's a personality there. And they got some older guys, and 
they they they've got a, they like I said they kind of play with an edge and it's a really hard job. Brad Bohannon is a good baseball coach. He's really good. He, he lost he his is, in Fayetteville a little bit, but, but did yeah. really? Yeah, a little bit. He kind of got he got worked up at a he got worked up at a ball strike call that a year ago was a strike, and this year it was a ball. And it was a ball. It was close, but it was a ball. And and he lost his lost his mind, and he got run out, and he yelled at the fans, and the fans had been kind of asleep, and they got into it, and then two pitches later, the kid hits a three run homer, and it, the game got away from him at that point. He was frustrated, and that was kind of on him. You can't you can't just lose your mind in the dugout on a ball strike call. The way that he did, but it was just showed you how I think he felt like they were so close to like having a big weekend and they just couldn't quite get there. And then that it's a very difficult job. It wasn't like they were going to win the national championship or anything, but I don't know that one player has affected a coach's tenure more than Connor Prelip not pitching for Alabama for three seasons. Yeah. That one injury over multiple years. And just when you thought they kind of had some offense to go with him and had a chance and, just one guy who turns their 13 and 17s into 16 and 14s, and suddenly you're contemplating hosting instead of him being this out of a job almost situation there in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, because if you put an ace at the front of their pitching staff, it's a game changer. I mean, he was coming into his freshman year, they, everybody thought he was going to be the number one pitcher in the country, and he doesn't pitch. Mm. I mean, I know. Ole Miss fans saying cry me a river, they get it right now. But when it's multiple years like that and it, it's just mm, changed everything for them because they 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 don't recruit well enough to overcome that. That was their opportunity. That was it. You got that guy, you had to win that way, and that's it. And then once that was over, you became just kind of a middle-of-the-road, decent team, but nothing that anybody's circling on the schedule at that, uh, at that point at all. But anyway. Uh, we're a week into uh, – the major league season, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are your uh, your only undefeated team, just like everybody predicted. Neil, you got the Rays at six and zero to start off. That's what I, I had it. I had Tampa. Had Tampa six and zero. I didn't. I, I I I was big on the Braves, and they're they're so far making me look good. Royals one in five, Nationals one in five for the worst records through a week. Neither of those are surprising. No, the good news for the either. Royals is Aroldis Chapman looks like old Aroldis Chapman, and they might be able to get something for him at the deadline. That's literally the best news the Royals have right now. Hey, the Astros are three and four, so we can mark them off. They're done, right? We can go ahead and erase yeah, the finished. Astros. Go ahead, go ahead and, and move that out. No, um, they'll be fine. All jokes aside, I have found myself watching more just because they are fun. The Braves do appear to be pretty for real. I mean, they they, they are really really good. Um, they so, don't have a flaw. No, they're good. I mean, they just they <clears throat> they've got he, some pitching injury stuff going on, but yeah, kind of everybody does. They 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 their lineup day to day, their the the roster that they have assembled, and the fact that they have so many of those guys locked up. I mean, and and they're playing without Swanson, who's off to a great start for the Cubs, and and yet they just they're fine. They just kind of. They have so many guys who contribute night in and night out that their offense is not dependent on Acuna or Olsen or whatever. And when they when they get hot, they're scary. 
what do you anticipate from a uh, – or I know you have no idea because you still have – there's still another one today. But Saturday, do you expect Sanders to throw? Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Um, they're inside this morning, obviously. My guess is that, that he probably won't throw much today and then he'll throw Saturday. I mean, we've talked about this so many times. If you're, if you're going to evaluate them, he's got to throw. I don't know what that sound was. What is it? Literally sounds like something in the walls, like an animal or something. Really? Probably a collection of snakes or something. Oh, good. It's crazy. Yeah, you, if you could hear it, I mean, I heard it over my headphones. It's not. That's not good. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do next week. Not with the quote spring game or whatever, but knowing that fans are going to be in attendance, do they do they put Dart on one team and Sanders on mm -hmm. another team, or do they do the whole offense versus defense and rotate? And and then it's weird this year because they'll have the, the spring game. And then three more practices. Yeah. So people will try to do the post-spring game press conference like it's the end of spring, but they still have three more. But logistically, that makes sense because you get you do the last scrimmage and then you correct some things and do some final body of work stuff. I mean, it, it, it completely makes sense to me. Well, I'm guessing that they did it this way because they have to start getting the stadium ready for the concert. Uh -oh. That's not an that's not an overnight thing, right? That's a good point. I guess it takes a minute. I guess I don't know. It takes certainly a handful of days. Yeah. I was watching something about when they were getting Tiger Stadium ready in Baton Rouge for Garth Brooks. It was, I think, it was the better part of a week. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. Um, your up to date forecast for uh, today. This is as of again nine o'clock here this morning. It looks a little better. I mean, I don't know if they're getting this game in or not, but it does look somewhat better. Uh, starting at 4 o'clock, 51% rain. 5 o'clock, 50%. 6 o'clock, 49%. 7 o'clock, 57%. 8 o'clock, 57%. And 9 o'clock, 67%. So far from a certainty, but and that it goes on till about mm, end of the night pretty good. Uh, stays 50 to 40 basically into tomorrow morning, um, something like that. So. I don't know, guys. I don't know what we're looking at here. Uh, just pulling up just quickly the Friday, Saturday stuff. I think on, Friday, the chance on Friday night, by the way, is down to 30%. I, I, and okay. then Saturday, yeah. Saturday's good to go. Today's the one that's iffy. And I don't know what the coaches would want to do because there would be some scheme to this. Uh, just a reminder to people that even though the series is starting on Thursday, they cannot throw a pitch on Sunday. You're still just given three days to get the series in, so the extra day does not help in any way whatsoever. Um, Saturday serves just like a Sunday, too, whereas if there is a doubleheader, that would be seven-inning games, not nine-inning games, whereas on a normal weekend, Saturday would be nine-inning games if there is a Sunday game. So if it is the final day of the series, they have to be seven inning double headers, no matter what day of the week that happens on. That is that is that is how that works. So, just heads up there. There is. 
I don't know if they say it's consistency or fairness or stupidity or what their reason is, but that is that is the rule that the SEC puts in play for uh, for four weekends. So if Ole Miss decided by some way that I do not see to play a doubleheader tomorrow and did not get a game in tonight, it would be nine inning doubleheaders. If it was on Saturday, it would be seven inning doubleheaders. That is that is the rule because you know Arkansas has to really make sure they get the travel plan in advance. They couldn't move anything. They couldn't. They, they have no way to get home on Sunday if they had to throw a pitch or change anything or play nine inning doubleheaders on on okay. Saturday. Um, they, they, I'm sure they're taking some spirit flight out of Memphis. That by God, it's the only one, and that's the only way out for uh, for the Razorbacks to, to to get home on the weekend. So I wonder if they flew. Uh, I would assume. Yeah, probably. that's my guess. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel pretty certain that they 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 probably did. I don't know. Um, Tilly, by the way, tonight forty six, tomorrow night forty eight. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I didn't see that. And Saturday night forty eight as well. Yeah, I knew from a golf standpoint that it was a huge difference because the high today in Augusta is like eighty four, and the uh, the temperature on Saturday is fifty. So they got a pretty good fall off there over the next uh, two, three, four days, whatever that, uh, whatever that looks like. But anyway, okay. Uh, a little football practice again. Uh, have coverage to you today. It's just players, no Kiffin or anything. And then Saturday, the scrimmage I think is open to the public. Is that correct, Neil? Is that is that right? Uh, that's my understanding. Okay. I don't, I don't know whether whether weather will impact that. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, I would assume that's still the case. Okay. I've not, I've not heard otherwise. Okay. And then 6.30 baseball tonight and tomorrow night, Rebels and Razorbacks getting that series underway. Again, Ole Miss 1-8 and eight in the SEC. Arkansas 6-3 and three after two series wins, a sweep of Auburn, and a series loss in Baton Rouge to LSU, winning one of three of those. So thanks to Jeffrey for his, uh, his time today. I know we had a run, but he gave us all that he had, so we appreciate him every single week. And we will talk to you again very soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.